Well, again, this is a very special Sunday for us. It was back in March of 2013 that Pastor Kurt Sebo and his wife were moved on to Pennsylvania to a ministry there. And uh, it was our goal from the beginning after, at that point that we would uh, be patient and pray for the Lord's provision to provide at the right time for our church. And uh, it took a couple years, but uh, we have full confidence that God provided the right man at the right time for us. And so Pastor Travis Kaufman, his wife Evie, and their family, uh, I'm going to have you guys come up here as we just want to have a special little service to install Travis officially as our pastor. And uh, when the process started, in the back of my mind, I always thought Travis would be a, a good candidate for this. He was finishing up Bible school, and uh, I knew he would be looking for a church at some point. I'm just going to have you guys come stand right in front of the, the board members here. And so we had talked about it a couple of times and, you know, broached the sub subject and, and, and briefly talked about it. And Travis came and spoke at Kaylee's graduation and got to come tour the armory and, and that type of thing. But uh, it wasn't until really this last summer that we started talking seriously about it again after we'd had a couple candidates come. And for whatever reason, God closed those doors, which was fine. We just continued to be patient. And uh, of all places, it was on a golf course out in Scotts Bluff that we uh, really started talking about it again. And... Uh, one thing led to another, and in God's time and his provision, here they are. So uh, we are very thankful to have Travis and Evie, and, and Toby's up on stage with us. The rest of them, I take it, are probably in the nursery. Yes, good, good. Um, so as we install Travis this morning as our pastor, I've uh, asked some of the guys to read some scripture. I'm going to read one first, and then uh, the other guys are going to read, read a scripture. Just uh, talking about uh, the role of a pastor as we uh, install Travis to be pastor of Faith Bible Church this morning. I'm going to begin this morning by reading uh, in the book of Acts, chapter 20, verses 27 and 28. For I have not hesitated to proclaim, you, to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. I'll be reading from 1 Timothy six eleven through 14. But flee from these things, you man of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. And you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God, who gives life to all things, and of Christ Jesus, who testified the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep the commandment without stain or reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'll be reading from 1 Peter 5, 2-4. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be. To be not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording over it those entrusted to you, 
but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. I'm now going to give a charge to Travis. And Travis, if you agree with my statements, you'll just need to answer, I do, as we officially install you as pastor of Faith Bible Church. Travis, do you solemnly promise that by the assistance of the grace of God, you will endeavor to faithfully discharge the duties which may fall to you as pastor of this congregation of Faith Bible Church? If so, answer, I do. Will you promise to be careful to maintain a godly example of life before God and man? Believing that the Bible is the inspired word of God and the infallible rule of faith and conduct, do you solemnly swear in the presence of these witnesses that by God's grace and help, you will preach the full counsel of the word of God? I have a series of ones you can wait and answer. I do at the end of these. Do you promise to give yourself faithfully to the ministry of the word and to prayer, to be a faithful shepherd of this flock of God, to evangelize and disciple, and to mature believers and send out workers for God's kingdom work? If so, answer, I do. Then to both Travis and his wife, Evie, to both of you, if you are willing to assume this great responsibility and privilege, then answer with one heart, I do. Good. I'm going to ask all of you to stand, if you wouldn't mind. Obviously, uh, a big step for them of becoming pastor, but it's also the role of the congregation is very important in their ministry. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 7 and 17 says, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. So Pastor Travis has legally been chosen to serve as pastor of Faith Bible Church, and all of us know that the success of his ministry here will not solely depend on, upon this appointment, but also on how faithfully those of us who regularly worship in this church cooperate with Christ's work in this place, support the pastor, and pray for him and his family. So to all of you, do you promise to care for him and his family as your own, to encourage them and to express concerns in a manner becoming a people who belong to the Lord Jesus Christ? If so, answer, we do. We do. As head of the pastoral search committee, I hereby certify that Pastor Travis Kaufman has been called to pastor Faith Bible Church under the guidance of God, the prayerful deliberations of our church fellowship as prescribed in our church bylaws. So Travis, you are now officially pastor of Faith Bible Church. Congratulations. Oh, you can stay up here, Evie. You can stay up here. Evie, we're not done. Sorry. Because there's another, there's another very important thing here. We want to pray for, for you, for Travis, and for Evie and their family just uh, as they begin their ministry here in Mapleton, Iowa, in this church. So let's pray. Father, we come before you and thank you for this uh, a very important step. Father, you have brought Travis and Evie and their family to us as faithful servants. Father, we... Uh, trust in your provision, and Father, that uh, we as a congregation can do all we can to encourage them, Lord, as they uh, minister to us, and Father, just uh, 
give them direction, give them what they need as they adjust to to life here in Mapleton. And Father, that uh, you would continue to equip Travis and Evie to be your servants, to be more like you. Father, we are so thankful for them, that they are here. We look forward to many years of getting to know them and for faithful service together. We pray these things in your name. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you today and we just uh, thank you for Travis and his family for coming here, just stepping away from where he's known most of his life and just uh, taking this uh, step that you have put into his heart to uh, come and, and lead us and just shepherd us. And may you just bless him in that way and just uh, just may we all be blessed through what he has to uh, give to us and uh, what he has to say to us and what he can do to minister around our area. And we just pray all these things in your son Jesus' name. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the for bringing Travis to us and, and Evie and their family. And we know it was a long process, and we didn't have answers to why things happen the way they do sometimes, but we know in the end it was all in your timing. And we just are so grateful for that. We just pray that you'd... Bless his church and help us to um, support Travis and Evie in the way we should. And we just ask that uh, we would just move forward and learn more about you and just reach out to others to learn about you. And just ask that you be with Travis and help him to uh, guide our flock and our, our church, Lord, in the way you would have him to do that. And just pray that you bless everyone here in a special way. In Jesus' name we pray. Dear Lord, I just thank you for the way you've opened doors and made it very clear that this is the man that you would have for us at this time, Lord. Uh, we just pray uh, that we could, as a body, encourage him, support him, remember to pray for him, and lift him up, Lord. Uh, a great uh, position to be in. But it couldn't be hard at times, Lord. We just pray for strength for them, give them wisdom, and even as they try to get settled into a house and all too, just work out all the details there and just uh, continue to be with him as he adjusts to this new role and to his family. Uh, give them grace and all too. All these things we ask in your name. Amen. Well, thank you. It's good to have you guys here. Thank you all of you for being faithful and praying for the process. Last week, you may be seated. And uh, I wasn't sure where to do this in the service because now Travis gets to deliver the message now. So we'll uh, adjust some things here and Travis will deliver a message from the Word of God to us. <laughs> Might lose it, right? All right. 
For those of you who missed last Sunday's uh, service, we're going to continue on. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, I will have to say that we um, are excited. I, I've stated this before. We're excited to be here. And I am just blown away by what God has been doing um, just to get us to this point. And as I was standing up here just now, there's just some things that I, I felt like I needed to share and want to share with you. Um, I was kind of relieved with the snowstorm last Sunday, and I hope that doesn't sound too bad. Uh, I did not realize, uh, I guess, how much um, work it is to move, and how much of a, an emotional toll that uh, puts on a person. And as you know, I've, I've lived in Scottsbluff in western Nebraska for my entire life, so this is completely new to me. I've never moved other than about nine miles um, from one house to another, and so uh, this is kind of an adventure, and it's, it's something that is very exciting, um, but also can be kind of draining. But I am just blown away by how God has answered uh, our prayers over and over. And I don't know if I've shared this here, but my mom, she's had a kind of a hard time with this, mostly because of my five children. <laughs> she goes, you can go, but they can stay. And uh, uh, one of the statements that she made was just the way that God continued to work things out for us to be here. Um, one of the things is we bought a house that needs some work, and we don't have it to a point where we can live there yet because we don't have a toilet that's actually working or showers. And I suppose you want us to smell somewhat decent while we're here. And so through the process of that, um, people heard about kind of our situation. And like that day, I was like, oh, there's this little house that you guys can stay in for a little while while you get things going. And so if you have ever heard of God's Little House, it's next to the Methodist Church, and that's where we're at right now. So if you need to find us, we're in the Little White House across the street from the park, which is really great because my kids can go play and we can uh, keep an eye on them from the window while the other two little rugrats uh, are contained within our house. Uh, but my mom made the statement, she's like, of course there would be something like that, you know? God's just kind of providing all, all this time. Of course that's going to work out. Why wouldn't it? And uh, that's been just a neat testimony uh, to God working um, in our lives and for us. But uh, it is a privilege and an honor to be here. And we're excited. We're still adjusting. But uh, one of the answers to prayer that we had was we closed on our house back in Scotts Bluff on Friday. So... That's another one of those things that we can quit worrying about. Um, and, and I guess kind of all the details of that. So I was uh, very thankful, and, and God just did an amazing thing through the sale of, of our home as well. Uh, today we're going we're gonna to be going to the book of Galatians. And uh, we're not going to dig too far into the, the book right off the bat. Um, but before we do that, I'd like to pray with you. And then I'm going to share a little story that you might relate to um, in some aspect. So, would you pray with me? 
Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for your love and your grace and how you have uh, gone before us, that you've provided for us. And Lord, that even in our, our fears, our doubts, Lord, that you give us strength. And Lord, that we can be confident and we can rest in you. Lord, that our hope is in you. And so, God, I pray that as we continue on this adventure of a place that is new to us, um, God, I pray that we could serve you well by serving uh, those of Faith Bible Church in this community. Lord, I thank you for your word. And God, I pray that you would just uh, use this time to teach us through it. In Jesus' name, amen. The story I want to share, maybe you can relate to this. Um, Back in western Nebraska, the church that I was serving at, youth ministry, uh, was my main objective. And one of the things that we had was a a youth room. And it was kind of this afterthought. It wasn't part of our building plan. It was like, we've got this space upstairs that's not being used for anything. Can we use it? And so there was no funds designated for a youth room. and, And so bit by bit, people would donate a little bit here and there. Uh, but one of the cool things was flooring is expensive, and I know that that's something that um, we're dealing with here is carpet and floor covering is not the cheapest thing in the world. Um, and thankfully, that's going to be done here, and that's exciting. But there was a, a guy in our church who was a contractor, and our community college needed a new basketball court. And so he got the job to take out the old basketball floor. And so it was about... 10,000 square feet of flooring, and he said that the church could have it. So we had all this wood floor that was painted and everything, cut in four-by-four sheets. And so what we did was we took that wood floor, and we took it piece by piece, and we planed it down, all the finish off of it, and laid it up in our youth room. It took forever. (laughs) I do not recommend it, And, and it was a nightmare. A little tiny strip about three feet wide by maybe ten feet long, took us about four hours to plane enough boards just for that little area. So it was a labor of love. Got to spend a lot of time with people, but you couldn't talk to them because it was so loud. Um, And so we finally got to the point where we finished this floor and we put a nice sealer on it. And so it was time to put furniture up in our youth room so we could use it. And so I called our students and I said, show up on whatever day, we're going to move the stuff up there. And so we had a bunch of junk kind of piled up and we were moving it over on the wood floor. And there was this big, heavy pop cooler thing that we had. And I said, when you move that, be careful so you don't scratch the floor. I was a little concerned about it. It took us a while to do it. And so these two girls, I saw them, they were working on it. And I know I should have said, you know, get some more help. But they were willing to serve, and so I was letting them. And so they move it over, and pretty soon I saw that the cooler was moved, but the two girls were on the floor rubbing and trying to fix these big scratches. And so I got over, and they were not just scratches. They were gouges down (laughs) all the way into the wood. And because I knew the time that was invested and how much work it was, and I just said please be careful of the floor. What do you think my reaction was? What would have your reaction been? 
there was a little bit of irritation, I will say, that kind of flared up. But the thing that um, helped me out through that situation was those two girls that were down, that they were concerned. They didn't mean to do that. And, and they felt bad about it. And so I had a kind of a dilemma. What's more important, these two girls or a wood floor? You know what? They're way more important than a, a wood floor. And so the situation, yeah, I was irritated and stuff like that. Um, but I was able to kind of be calm because what God has taught me through His Word is that buildings and things really don't have value, but people do. And so as we look at Galatians today, I I really see the heart of Paul, of, of a man who loves and is concerned for people and the church. And he really desires to see people grow Um, in their knowledge of God, but also that they come to a saving knowledge of who He is by placing their faith in Christ. see if this works here. One of the the things that Paul faced, and, and oftentimes we face these type of people in our lives today, are these guys who basically... Um, were kind of teaching a different story, who were giving Paul a hard time. These were the Judaizers. They were an extremist Jewish faction within the church, and they taught that the Gentile Christians had to submit to Jewish rituals, laws, and tradition in addition to believing in Christ. So as you can be a follower of Christ only if you do this as well. And circumcision was a, a big part of that. And later on, as we are kind of in in the time frame, um, in Acts chapter 15, there was this big debate about that. And basically the argument says, if you're going to pick one thing from the law that you have to abide by, then you have to keep all of it. And that's what's freeing about Jesus, is that He came and He fulfilled the law, and that by His blood that was shed on the cross, people have hope not only for Jews, but also for the Gentiles. It's for all people. Jesus came to take care of a sin problem. So these guys criticize Paul. They criticize Paul's teaching about the good news, <clears throat> that his teaching about the good news was inadequate. They denigrated Paul's status as an apostle, basically said that he learned from the other apostles. They asserted that Paul changed the message and that the law-free gospel was incomplete. They believed that the real gospel required men to be circumcised and keep other aspects of the law. A lot of times when people go to attack a person, not, not, not always do they attack really what that person's saying, but a lot of times they go after the character of someone. Or they go after... Maybe these little nitpicky things. Um, And I don't know about you guys, but has anybody ever said anything that was untrue about you? Has that ever happened? Never happens, right? Nobody ever gossips. There's never false information. Um, I'm not saying that people are 
you know, good or good or bad, but you can definitely tell that we're kind of the new people here. It's so much fun when we go to a new business or place, and I'll introduce myself, and they kind of give you the look like, I should know you, and I've had people say that, and then I'll tell them who I am, and like, oh yeah, you bought the house over on Ring Street, and they have all this information about me that I, I'm like, I didn't share that with you, <laughs> but somebody did, and, and that's neat. Uh, hopefully it's all good. Um, but, but when people attack our character, kind of like the wood floor, we have that flesh that wells up inside of us. And a lot of times we go from being calm, cool, and collected to, I think the description would be the Incredible Hulk. And we kind of bypass, you know, all the stuff that we've been studying in God's Word, you know, our quiet time with the Lord. Um, and we just immediately jump to this other extreme. And we're willing to do the exact same thing back to that person because we get defensive. And so Paul is faced with these guys who are coming down on him uh, and basically saying that you know, he's not a real apostle. And so in Galatians chapter 1, it starts out and we, we read about that. I have this slide. This is uh, Paul and Barnabas's the first missionary journey, and you can see that a lot of their missionary, or mission work took place uh, in Galatia. This, I believe, is really the heart of Paul and what his message is to these churches. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. You know, don't go backwards. Uh, experience and enjoy the freedom that is found in Christ. So if you open up your Bibles to Galatians chapter 1, we're just going to look at the first five verses. And I have them up on the slides here as well. It says, Paul, an apostle, not sent from men nor through the agency of man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren who are with me to the churches of Galatia, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins so that he might rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forevermore. Amen. Um, Paul starts this out basically reaffirming his credentials. He says, this letter is from Paul. And this is another version. An apostle. I was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself and by God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead. His response is saying, I do have the authority and I know what I'm talking about. He kind of goes on the defensive. But I like how he kind of ends his opening statement. Uh, He says, All glory to God forever and ever. He was intentional. He was direct with what he was addressing. And that's what we get to explore as we're going to continue on uh, opening up this letter and looking at what he addresses. In Acts chapter 9, verse 15, uh, this is really kind of that uh, calling that he had, that encounter, and this is just part of it. 
But the Lord said to him, Go, for he, Paul, is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. Paul was given this authority. And because of that authority, he had confidence and was able to go and to share the good news uh, to those around him. And I would say that he did a pretty good job. So today we're going to talk a little bit about authority. And we're not going to go too far into detail about it. But as I was opening this, I was just blown away by the stand that Paul takes when it comes to the authority that he has been given by God. And I was thinking about that in regards to what authority do we have as believers? And are we exercising that authority? A couple passages that deal with this. Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, it says, And he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform healing. Mark thirteen thirty four, It is like a man away on a journey who upon leaving his house and putting his slaves in charge assigned to each one his task also commanded the doorkeeper to stay on the alert. Um, this next passage, Matthew twenty-eight eighteen, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And now he goes and he commissions his disciples to go out and to preach the good news, to baptize, to discipleize um, the nations, the people. And really, I believe that we've been given that commission as well. I believe in a lot of ways that authority is really the authority to go and to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. And so what are we doing with that authority? Got to catch up my notes here to the slides. <laughs> um, so we're going to look at a few things under whose authority. Some of you have positions where you do have authority. Um, maybe you are a leader over other people. Maybe you work in a job, your management, and so you have other people that answer to you. Uh, but one of the things that I always tell students in youth ministry is that we all, you know, we want to make it big, I think, someday. We all have desires to be our own boss or something like that. And yet when you think about it, you're always under the authority of somebody else. Uh, even if you have lots and lots of money, you're still under the authority of the governing bodies of your country, your state. You know, you're still bound by the law. There's nothing that escapes that authority. Um, and so it's how you handle authority. And that's the question today is, how are we th handling this God-given authority for us to go and proclaim the good news? And I think that one of those things is that we need to stay in constant communication with Him. Uh, this isn't anything that's really too new. Uh, but that communication is prayer. And here's a list of 12 things about prayer. God's Word calls us to pray. He says, pray for those who persecute you. 
Matthew 5.44. Matthew 6, <coughs> excuse me, 6, 5 says, And when you pray, Matthew 6, 9, This then is how you should pray. Romans 12.12, 12, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And the list goes on and on and on about praying. We need to pray. Uh, Jesus prayed regularly. He exampled it. Of all the passages that talk about when Jesus prayed, a lot of them point to a time that he needed to be refreshed and renewed. Is that Jesus went away to pray. I think that a lot of times in the busyness of life, we don't take that time to just go and spend time with the Lord. To kind of withdraw ourselves and to be renewed and refreshed as we spend time in prayer with the Lord. Yes, I know that we can pray in our cars. We can pray uh, anywhere. God's always available. But I think it's those specific times that we choose to pray that are very important. Prayer is how we communicate with God. Prayer allows us to participate in God's works. I think that's pretty cool. You know, there's a lot of things that limit us in our humanness, in our abilities. I don't know if you've ever caught yourself saying this. Well, if I only had this, then I could change the world. We were talking, I think Brian and I were talking about the lottery. You know, if you win the lottery, all the good that you could do. You know, if I had $500 million, just think of all the good that I can do. But the other side of that is that there's going to be a lot of other stuff that comes with that. But we do have the power to pray. And we can participate in God's works through prayer. Prayer gives us power over evil. 1 Timothy 4.8 For physical training is of some, va- some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Matthew 26.41 Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Prayer is always available. Prayer keeps us humble before God. See, I think that that's sometimes hard, is that a lot of people are self-sufficient. I'm, I have a hard time asking for help. Is anybody else like that? Don't want to burden other people with your problems. Um, you know, you, you'll take care of it. That's a lot of how I am. Uh, it's not easy for me to ask for help. And so um, there's kind of a humility aspect to that when we need help from others, we have to humble ourselves. And that's a big deal. But the other thing is that when it comes to prayer, it humbles us before God because we're acknowledging Him for who He is. And that we're coming before Him. And hopefully, uh, that creates a humility in us. Prayer grants us the privilege of experiencing God. I think this is so cool. Answered prayer is a potential witness. You know, the things that we pray about and that God uh, just shows himself through those answered prayers, I think is such an awesome thing. 
And what an opportunity to be able to share the goodness of God with others. Prayer strengthens the bonds between believers. Um, Praying with one another, there's an intimacy, a closeness that that creates. Prayer can succeed where other means have failed. And prayer fulfills emotional needs. Uh, It connects us with Creator God. The second authority deal, um, much like those who have been maybe in a, a management or leadership, is that you need to make sure that you keep up with your training. And I worked in a dental office for several years, and one of the things that I had to do every year was do continuing education. And you had to take so many hours of keeping your education updated. Those of you who are in the medical field probably do that. Um, and other places as well. But it's to keep you in practice. I think about law enforcement agencies. They do training for things that are like worst-case scenario. Why do they do that? Why do they train? They do it because it's not something that happens every day, but it might, and they want to be prepared. This isn't necessarily to keep up our training for worst-case scenarios, Um, but we need to make sure that we're being prepared for what God leads us to. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, these are just a few verses. It says, "...in having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is..." the Word of God. Um, We need to spend time in God's Word. I think it's neat when you look at all the, um, you know, weaponry and all that, most of it's kind of protective. But the one thing that is used for battle, as far as going forward, is what? Sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Word of God is powerful, and it equips us Uh, for this life. And again, our battle is not with flesh and blood, but it's with uh, really evil and Satan and the powers of this world. And so, you know, we have those struggles, a sin struggle, um, and we can be strengthened and we can be encouraged through His Word. Hebrews 12-2 Uh, We need to look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And I think it's so cool is that, what what an expression, and we're going to have communion today, um, and we're going to, you know, think about what Jesus endured. But it says, for the joy that he endured the cross. Because he looked beyond that physical pain and that horrible death, and he looked beyond that to see Um, what a gift and what a great thing it would be for us. Uh, He anticipated the joy. Are we looking forward to what God is doing um, through us and through the church? And lastly, we need to stay within the rules. There's nothing worse than somebody who takes advantage of the authority that they've been given. Maybe you've had bad experiences with somebody who's been above you in a position of authority, who they've uh, really taken that authority and went outside of what they were able to do with that. 
It doesn't leave a good taste in your mouth. It makes work miserable. It's not a lot of fun to show up. Um, and it's something that can really just kind of eat at you. But I think about that when it comes to the church, that we've been given this authority to go and proclaim the good news of Jesus. You know, are we using that to advance us? Are we using it to bring glory to God and hopefully to grow his kingdom, that people would come to know Jesus as their Savior? I hope that we don't take that authority and abuse it. And unfortunately, today, if you read the news, we see time and time again where leadership in churches are abusing that authority. And I think the hardest part about that is that it taints the church as a whole. Because just because, you know, one church did it 500 miles away from here, people read about it, and it kind of puts a bruise on the name of Christ and Christians. So we need to make sure that we stay within the rules. And where do we find those rules? Well, it's God's Word. Um, Psalm 119-105, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God, through His Word, guides us. Your Word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against you. Uh, it's important for us to study and to memorize Scripture. It's helpful, and it equips us. It's God's authority, not my authority. 2 Thessalonians 3.8.9 For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. Because we did not act in an undisciplined manner among you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it, but with labor and hardship we kept working night and day so that we would not be a burden to any of you, not because we do not have the right to this, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you so that you would follow our example. I think it's pretty interesting that even though you might have every right to do something, um, are we concerned with those that we're ministering to before ourselves? Just because you have the right to do it doesn't necessarily mean um, that it's the best thing to do to express that, right? And so we need to be an example um, and sometimes look beyond us, but look to the needs of others. I think that's very important. We cannot minister in God's authority when we are not living under God's authority. And I think that that's where it all um, takes place is that we need to submit to the authority that is put above us, and that's Jesus Christ. And so I guess the challenge for you this morning is, you know, the authority that's been given you as a believer in Christ, are you going and sharing the good news with others? And are you looking for opportunities to proclaim that good news? I hope so. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for, uh, just for your word, Lord, how you use it to uh, show us what is right, what is wrong, and Lord, that you equip us through your word, Lord, to uh, be able to serve and to love others, and even in the hard, difficult things of life, God, that you give us hope, and that um, oftentimes people cannot give us words that encourage us. 
But Lord, I thank you that we can just open up your word and be encouraged by it. So God, I pray that as we uh, go forward from today, Lord, that we would exercise this authority to go and share the gospel. Lord, that we wouldn't be scared that we'd be like Paul and, and be confident because of the authority and who's given us that authority. Lord, that we would be bold. Lord, that we wouldn't shy away or back down, but that we would be uh, confident in you. And Lord, that it would be because our hearts are broken for those who do not know you as their Savior. Lord, that they could experience the freedom that is in Christ and the joy and the hope uh, that new life brings. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for new journeys. And uh, Lord, I do pray that you would just uh, be with us in this church as we continue to transition. And Lord, we look forward uh, to what you're going to be doing here. In Jesus' name, amen.